Thanks again for releasing us. Eh? Our inheritance is your inheritance. And uh, God is doing something. It goes slower than here. It's another nation. It's another world. It's another culture. But it's, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So uh, I'm going to minister something to us. Well, not me, but there's something that God's put in our hearts and uh, for you and for me. And we're going to read one scripture and let him speak. And Father, we want to look into your eyes. We want to stop and pause and meet your gaze. Would you look into our hearts, God? Would you come into the space that is so filled with our self-condemnation, our guilt and hiding from your face? We want to look into your eyes. We want to stop, Lord. We want to meet your gaze. Would you be the one that tells us everything we've ever done? It's a time for fresh new days. I want to read from John. I hadn't practiced that. I was just kind of downloading it in the corner. (laughs) It's cool. Love it. John chapter 4, we're going to read together. Not so much a preach as to open the door into the throne. Because Lucas stands before you, it's the king of glory. Lucas in your midst, it's the lion of Judah. Can you smell the smell of war and victory, friends? When he roars and runs in between our chairs. Like me, do you feel like hiding because of guilt and pain and condemnation, hey? Would you want to put out your foot and just trip him as he runs past and say, stop, change my day. This is crazy. I've never done that before. I married an English teacher. John chapter 4. <laughs> uh, John chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to just read it slowly. This is Jesus. And they were on their way to Jerusalem and he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near a plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples, they had gone into the town to buy some food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 11. So the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his flocks and his herds? And Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, and the woman said to him, sir, give me this water 
that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, go call your husband and then come back. Oh, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Verse 19. So the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. And Jesus said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus said, I speak to you, and he. Verse 27 Just then his disciples returned, and they were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? And leaving her jar of water, the woman ran, went back to town, and said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Wow. Let me just unpack a little bit. So it was normal for the Jewish people to need to go to Jerusalem, for that is the place they worshipped because that's where the temple was. And they had a past an area called Samaria where the Samaritans lived. The Samaritans were essentially a mixed race. They were not pure Jews. They had been left behind during one of the attacks, moving out of exile and so on and so on. And some of them got left behind and intermarriage, and they became a mixed race, and they were known as the Samaritans. So they worshipped God. But they weren't fully Jewish. So the Jews would not allow them to Jerusalem. They were not holy enough. They were not pure. If you associated with them, you would be defiled. If you drank out of their water jar, you would be defiled because it was not purified by Jewish law. And so Jesus stops in the heat of the day and he meets this woman. And she's a Samaritan. plot of ground where Jacob had given his son Jacob. They talk about Jacob's well, and they'd always said it was about 100 foot deep, but in 1935, they cleaned the well. It was 135, 136 feet deep. That's, that's some well. We've got a well in Lalongwe. I can see the water. It's cleaner than the waterboard water. 135 feet. It takes some digging. It takes some pulling. And he asks her for water. Will you give me a drink? She says, you asked me for a drink. Me, a Samaritan, you a Jew. It's like, it's not good for you to be here. It's it's dangerous, actually. If the men come out and find you, a Jewish man, they'll beat you. you. You could get killed. And we know Jesus tells the parable of somebody gets beaten, and actually it's, you know, Samaritan that offers grace. So it's not good for you to be here. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, 
And who he is that asked you for a drink? You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And this word gift, we know is Jesus. Free gift of life. And how many of us, like a Samaritan woman, will sit in the presence of Jesus and not fully see who's in front of us? She didn't see it. She didn't know it. Right in front of her is the gift of it. He would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And this, this phrase, living water, comes up more than once. It comes up here. John records it here. And he's talking about eternal. He would have given you eternal life. Living water, eternal life, something more. He uses the same phrase again in chapter 7. He says, living water as in the Holy Spirit will come out of you. The eternal life cannot be there without the Holy Spirit. And she doesn't, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. Nicodemus, teacher of the law, sits with Jesus. He says, you must be born again. And, and he can't get around this thing that there's a spiritual life. I need to be born again. He, doesn't, he didn't get it, and he walks away. He, he couldn't see who stood in front of him. His law, his religion, all his training, everything was, was like a filter that he couldn't see the life through. And Jesus tells the story of the rich young man, this young ruler. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, go sell all these positions and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And it says the cost was too heavy. And he walked away, down cost. Lost, hopeless. David saw it. David sees it. He's hiding from Saul. Saul anointed to be king. He himself is already anointed to be king. And he says, man, what I would give for a glass of the water from that well. Not this one, the other one. It's so sweet. And three of his men go, let's go and get it. And they fight their way through the Philistines. And people die. And they come back, David, David, we've, we've brought you your water. And he says, you what? Yeah, we overheard you saying to your friend, man, I would love to drink of the water. We've brought it for you. And David falls on his knees. He just gets down. He says, oh, my friends, thank you. But it would be wrong for me to drink this water, this water. And he pours it out. He says, I offer it as a sacrifice. I offer it to sacrifice, you know, and it's this living water. If you knew who it was that sat before you, you would have asked him for a drink. How many times do we even watch online service? Because we do it there sometimes. How many times do we sit here and we don't see? We, we see, but we don't see. We look in his eyes, but we don't meet his gaze. We hear what he says, but we don't hear what he says. Jesus said to her, go call your husband. She says, I have no husband. No, you're correct. You have five. But when she goes to the village, she doesn't say, come to meet a man who told me about my husband's. She says, come see the man who told me everything I've ever done. Because she met his gaze. And she didn't just hear the words. She met his gaze. And the everything. And how many of us, like this woman, we've, we carry stuff that we've even been forgiven for. We've, we've been forgiven the five husbands. But we still carry the self-condemnation and the self-guilt 
And the devil comes to condemn and destroy, not the Holy Spirit. And that thing is so hard to get rid of, to say, I forgive myself. And I think that's what she saw. She looked long enough into the eyes of the man that gave her water to not just get forgiveness of the sin, but to forgive and say, he told me everything I've ever done. He didn't, but she heard it. And he's, it's like, when I looked at him, I could see he could see what I hide from others. Don't we do that? We, we worship, but there's this little corner we don't want anybody to see, but he sees it. And when you let him see that, it's like, he told me everything. You'll go back to the village, you don't care what anybody says. It's like, he told me everything. It's like, what? You mean there's more than five husbands? Yes. Do you want to see? I'll show. It's like, gun. I love it. The free gift. Sure. He says, uh, Everyone who drinks this water will be a thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. You know, I remember in the church we grew up in, uh, Rob Rufus, who led the church, used to tell the story about walking down the N3 and being hit by a truck. I don't know if you've ever been hit by a truck on a freeway, but I guess in Malawi it would be like you'd be on the coast road and and one of those Tanzanian trucks are coming down south. And the coast road now is, is now, it's so worn out on the sides that it's now one lane wide. Some kind of line in the middle. Which means if there's a truck coming towards you and you need to overtake it, you just have to put at least two wheels in the sand and hope that your mirror gets passed on this side. So Rachel and them knows. I just shout, going off, which means hold tight. And you just leave the tar at like 60 or 80 k's an hour, and now you're riding in the bush as the truck goes past. Then you shout, going on. And the, the, the drop could be 10 or 15 centimeters back onto the tar. So your tires don't last long, and, and you just do it. So really recently, we were coming back now from this thing, and there were two trucks coming down the hill, which means they, one's supposed to overtake the other, but they're more like parallel parking at a speed, and the one's got wheels on this side in the sand, and the one's got wheels on that side, and I was like, like, like what do you do, you know? What's that got to do with living water? <laughs> You're just going off, and you can see that Bucky's kind of top-heavy because our whole life's in the back of it, and back on, you know, and he's like, oh, Jesus. But when you've looked into his gaze, it doesn't matter. Because that's what life does. Sometimes you're going down the hill and, and this pentechnican's coming towards you, you know, and COVID's coming towards you and all this stuff. And it's like you have to just throw yourself at the one who has the well of water. You've just got to say, I'm at your mercy, God. I'll throw yourself off, you know. And when you do, it's like you hit him on the side of the road. If I were to hit that Tanzanian truck, I will not be the same. I'm not going to walk the same. I'm not going to drive the same. I'm not going to talk the same. I won't look the same. I won't. Nothing about me will be the same. And sadly, it happens on that road a lot. But I'll be different. And when you encounter Jesus, like this woman encounters Jesus, she stands away from the well. She doesn't even take her. She leaves her water. 
I mean, this, this is a deep well. That's why I said, she's done a lot of work to get water out of there. She just leaves it. Because when you see him, and when he sees you, you're not the same. You are going to walk differently, and you're going to talk differently, and you're going to smell differently. And the fragrance that's going to come out of you is that of the king. And he says, a well of living water. I remember when they dug the well at Wellington on the Provence property. It was like there's no water. And everybody was like on water restrictions a few years ago. And I don't know why Josh Jen decided to dig a water. But they dug water. Cause, and it gushed. It welled up. Like, I don't know how high that borehole machine was. What do you call it? Draw. It was high. Philip, roof high? Could I, would I exaggerate if it was high as the beam? The hole's 120 meters. But the water went up like Highland's roof. When it gushed out of there, it was like a fountain welling up. And that's what Jesus says. It'll be like a well, a spring of eternal life. And that is you and me when we've, when we've seen his face and when he's seen the everything I've ever done. Nothing will stop you. Especially your own self-condemnation. And one of the things we were feeling tonight that there would be a time to just stop and look in his eyes and it's exactly, I didn't know, Joey comes, pause. He's like, stop, look. Now look at me, Jesus. And let him see everything we've done and drink and it'll become a well of life. It, just a welling up. It's like you cannot stop the gush of life out of you. I know one of the things that stop the gush of life is, is that when I condemn myself, and I felt that was one thing tonight, that some of us were going to just let Jesus see that thing and blow it out the way. And then for some of us, it's like, you know, she says, you're correct when you say I have no husband. I've got five. Just to a total stranger, a Jewish man, that was actually would be defiled just to talk to her. Now you're correct. And even for some of us, it's like, you know, Jesus says, or, or Paul says, confess your sin to one another that you can be healed. And repentance is when I sit before the throne and say, God, I, I've got five husbands whatever it is and I receive forgiveness forgiveness on the cross but we carry uh, we still need healing we still need healing you know we're forgiven before the throne we know we're forgiven before the throne but we it's like we still need the healing of condemnation and guilt and sadness and and one of the things that he says is confess to one another that you can be healed Jesus says your sins are forgiven Go and sin no more. Now take up your mat and walk. There's healing. And it's not only physical, it's emotional. And I'm just, tonight I felt like there's some of us, God saying, I want to heal. I have forgiven, but I want to heal. And for some of you to say, I forgive myself that there'd be healing. So I want to watch a little video. And you can dim the lights again or whatever you need to do. A few minutes long, and then we're going to pray together. Everything you ever did. Everything you ever did. And before you did it, you paid the price. Isn't it incredible?
Is that incredible? There's one guy in Chicago saying, for the first time I see when they, they beat him. What is the word he used? Something like that. <laughs> Spanked him. They beat Jesus. The price, the price for everything we ever did. Let's pray. Pause. Look into his eyes. Meet his gaze. The Christ. Father, tonight we just, we, it's just such a momentous time. It's like for the first time in months we can just gather, fellowship and worship you and to honor you and let you speak. And it's like, it's so exciting. And yet the, the biggest thing of this moment is we can look into your eyes together. And in the togetherness, you look into our eyes one by one. And Lord, would you come and look into each heart? Some of us, Lord, we, we, we hold secrets and condemnation and just this stuff. And would you come and look? Tonight, whitewash us. Let us be vessels that are purified and made holy, undefiled. That we would be well spring cisterns from which living water would flow up and you would be glorified. I want to pray two or three things. If you know there's a sin issue, there's something in your life and you still need to say, God, I want to I repent, I bring it before your throne. And just put your hand on your, on your heart and just say, oh, that's me. That's me. And I want to pray for us. And if you're one of the, some of us that are carrying just self-condemnation, we've, we're just not getting over it in ourselves. Just put your hand on your heart. I want to pray for you. And then after that, I'm going to pray if there's anybody that you've never met him. And tonight is your well moment where you receive living water. Then when I prayed for the first two things, I want to pray for you. And I want you to introduce you to the Messiah, the Christ, the one who will tell you everything you've ever done. And so, Father, we stand with our hands on our, we sit with our hands on our hearts, and, Father, we just bring that sin and the stuff that we know is just not good, is not holy, and, and we repent. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, forgive us. Because of Jesus. Because the price was paid. The price is paid and we receive forgiveness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, some of us, we, 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 we still carry self-condemnation and guilt and pain and anguish and unforgiveness against ourselves and even against others and we put our hands on our hearts tonight Father we say would you come and look Jesus come and look gaze everything we've ever done 
is in the light. And Father, I pray that there would be forgiveness of ourselves. I don't know why, friends, but sometimes it's hard to forgive ourselves. Especially when we've done, we've fallen the same sin again and again. It's like we find, we, it's like, ah, oh, can't forgive myself. But God, but God, but Jesus. So I want to pray and I ask you to pray after me and I'm going to pray something like, Father, I forgive myself as you have forgiven me. You know, when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, he said, forgive those who sin against us as we forgive those who sin. Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. And he said, if you can't forgive those who sin against you, your father can't forgive you. And I, I, I've learned over the years, it's almost the same. If I can't forgive myself, I can't actually find the father's forgiveness. Strange thing. Because I always feel unworthy to drink of the well. So, Father, I want to pray. I'm going to pray as if I'm you. Father, I forgive myself now in Jesus' name. Just say it. Father, I forgive myself now in Jesus' name. I let it go. Thank you, Father. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And would you come and let me, my life be a well, a cistern of holiness and purity out of which will rush out living water. In Jesus' name. And the last thing is, is that maybe you're here, and, and I know everybody here because we've been away for a while and so have most of us. But if you've never encountered Jesus, if you've never met him like a Tanzanian truck coming down the road, if I can say that in a good way, the fullness of look who stands before you, the Lion of Judah, look who stands before you, the head of the armies of God, look who stands before you, the, 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 the mighty warrior, the lamb, the slain one. If, you, if you've never met him and seen the power of the cross and his death for your life, then I'd love to, I want to pray with you. And I know there's some others and leaders and deacons and that would love to pray with you. You could have been coming here for week after week or not the first time you've even prayed. But you've never given your life. If, if that's you, would you look at me and just raise your hands? That's how I know. That's all. Raising your hand doesn't save you, but it sure is like a, a very clear decision on your part. If there's anybody that says, Lance, pray with me. I need to meet Jesus tonight. You're at the well, and the water is drawn. Will you drink? Will you drink? One more time. Is there anybody? Okay. Okay. I want to say, it was for Christ that you were set free, for freedom that you were set free. It was for freedom that you were set free. So stand then as free men. Stand and be free. Was for freedom. Church, you are the bride that is being prepared. And he is on his way back. I have no doubt. 
It's not like he's coming. It's like he's on his way back. And this is a preparation time, you know. And almost prophetically, if I can say, I think it's like, I feel like God is, is going to stay deep. Like, I, like he's working deep because the wedding's coming. And uh, it comes a point where it's like, okay, now we've got to do our face. Now we've got to do our hair. Now we've got to sort this pimple. It's like, there's no more time for games now because we can smell the banquet, you know. And uh, so when God works, just submit. Just let him work. He's going to work deep because he's preparing. And, uh, and what a beautiful place to be in the table of preparation, hey? Is that good? You guys all right? Thank you, Father, for tonight. Thank you that you paused us, brought us together, and then in the midst of celebration, you just paused us. And you said, if you know who stands before you, would ask him for water, and thank you that we've drunk. And we will drink. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just feel, uh, I feel like, you know, with hearing from Lance today, I feel like Lance, it's a kind of word that changes us, you know, and, and it's a directional word for us. And I, I, I feel that, Lord, um, did you notice the woman at the well that uh, she was alienated from people? And then when Jesus touched her and she came into the light, suddenly she was joined to people. <laughs> and I, I really felt the Lord would want to ask us as in terms of a directional word that Lance has introduced tonight that for us to forgive ourselves you know to walk in true freedom we need to walk in the light with one another and I encourage you in your community groups especially because it can be sometimes very hard to process here with 130, 140 people here but in your community groups 10, 11, 12 you can do that encourage the comm leaders talk about this Be come into the light like you saw the woman at the well come into the light and the scripture to guide us and this is from 1 John 1 and it says this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all come into the light you know we hide this stuff come into the light with each other can we trust each other look around you can you trust these guys can you be um, can you be a confidence of someone can you can you keep things in confidence Obviously, when we share, we can share up. We can take it to elders but or deacons. Share up, but don't. can someone come to you and share something? Can you keep it indiscreet, discreetly? If you need to, if they just told you they murdered someone, you can't keep that secret, you know? But most of the stuff, it's just stuff that you can... Can we trust one another? Can we come into the light with one another? Lance said, pray for one another. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you be healed. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And this is about fellowship with one another. But if we walk in the light as he, as he is in the light, and Jesus is in the light, he wants us in the light with him. Hey, he digs us. He digs every single one of us. You don't need to be afraid. That woman at the well, she realized Jesus digged her. He, he didn't. She, she felt that and then she could come into the light and then she could have fellowship with the rest of the village 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a guiding scripture for us. 1 John 1. five to seven so Lance thank you for the word it's been like a breath of fresh air I can just feel Jesus is all over you guys I mean you guys are at the cutting edge at the yeah so love you guys thank you for joining us thank you it's been a longer uh, service but I think it was worth it uh, thank you to the worship guys give the worship guys a clap thank you to Mally and uh, Lee Delarie um and Lance, I, 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 my mask is like wet from crying. Like I'm just, I'm watching that, uh, the chosen and I'm just, it's boiling, you know. I'm just The Lord's just ministering to me as well. It's a beautiful time. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely week. Have a lovely evening. Don't forget your children. <laughs>